Welcome back to Tong Tai. In this podcast, we not only want to review the challenges of the language barrier faced by international students, but we also devote ourselves to providing practical tips and suggestions on overcoming obstacles. In this episode, Walter and Amy will continue to combine their personal experiences to provide us with first-hand experience and insights into solving the language barrier. Whether experiencing a language barrier in a foreign country or simply interested in establishing communication in a new language environment, I'm sure this episode will bring you enlightenment and power to explore the unknown. So let's continue with the introduction of our guests. So welcome to Tongue Tied episode number three. Um, in this episode, as promised in the last episode, we're going to talk about tips and tricks on how to overcome uh, issues that are associated with language barriers. In last episode, we discussed some of the things that come across about mispronunciation, weird use of context, maybe not coming, like not being able to make the connections you want to make. And in this episode, we're going to talk about ways in uh, which you could overcome them. Um, we have Amy Duncan with us once again, our trusty local Kiwi expert on language. Amy Duncan again. With some international background as well, so that makes sure one of the most valuable experts we could have. As in most issues you 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 have in your day-to-day life, um, it all starts with recognizing the issue, of course. And there's quite a few other issues I still need to recognize I have. But um, no, it all starts with um, recognizing the issue. And therefore, it's quite important, like, when did you recognize or acknowledge the need and the importance of like clearer communications with somebody that's from abroad or somebody that's well notice with you because we all speak very fast and i don't know enunciating words is very important when trying to like help out someone i feel like speaking slow and not using as much slang so that they don't like hear some random word and be like oh my god what is that and then they miss the second half of the sentence trying to figure out the word that they don't know yeah, speak, I speak very fast, I feel like, compared to a, a lot of people, so I'm, I try and slow down and enunciate my words, but I don't know, I feel like with you, I was bad at understanding, I just had to, like, really focus on what you're saying, because in a group conversation, I, like, focus on what like, everyone's saying, but then if, like, we were in a group conversation, I tried to focus on what you were saying, so that I didn't get lost and then, like, get confused, And but I tried to slow down and then I tried to listen because I'm not very good at listening, but I've gotten better. So what did you do to try and help yourself out? Yeah, well, for me, I pretty much the same. My first conversations I had here were with you guys since semester hadn't really started yet. So the yeah. first people I saw were the people in halls. Um, I just really needed some time to adapt to it, to get, get used to the situation that was going on. Yeah. One of the things that like for me was also like really important was recognizing as soon as you guys used like started using names of products or whatever that are local so you guys was having like a little chat with like multiple people and you guys would start talking about certain events or certain products in a store and i wouldn't recognize the products and i would in my head think that i'm like misheard something and try to make sense of it but it actually would be like not really like a translation kind of thing, but more yeah, of a just like a local context yeah, kind of thing yeah. that I that I missed out. It get confusing to me, and I I would really just accept. Okay, I don't know this word, but let's try to not worry about it and keep going on the rest of the sentence. Yeah. Um. Because otherwise, we just totally like lose track. The whole conversation was just gone. Yeah, but you did well. Well, I feel like coming through halfway through the year as well. We've all got like other friends that everyone knows so you would have just like heard like random names from different groups and you would have just been like oh my god (laughs) I couldn't imagine that yeah that's the thing right I I I joined in here halfway through a semester well 
not halfway through the semester, but in the middle of the year, so the start of the yeah. second semester, um, which also meant that everyone around me in halls, especially, and also everyone in the classes, they pretty much already know yeah. everyone for at least half a year, if yeah. not more. Yeah. And I just kind of, you know, I in some way need to adapt to fit into an already existing group. Yeah. I mean, that's hard enough even speaking the same language. So, like, I would have been so scared I couldn't do that. You know, it could be quite a challenge. And I really think you guys helped me a lot by pushing me also to actually be there and stay around. Because definitely in the beginning, sometimes when I would be chilling, I was sitting with you guys and I couldn't also not really join into the conversation. You kind of just got to observe at first and Mm -hmm. then you'll get, like, a bit of familiarity and then you can kind of put two and two together and then you then you manage and here you are. <laughs> I'll end up sitting there and just listening for a while and not understanding it anyways. And still now there's quite a few things that sometimes I just don't understand or yeah. um, whatever. But I do feel that just definitely in the beginning, like putting in the effort to actually be around people who speak the local accent or the language at least yeah. of the place where you're at is really valuable in... Yeah. And, like, don't be scared to ask people, like, what, like, oh, who's this person? Oh, what's that? I feel like a lot of people would be like, oh, my God, I sound so dumb because I don't know what it is. But I feel like there's no harm in asking a question and being like, oh, could you explain to me what that means? Because otherwise you're going to get nowhere, really, if you just, like, sit there and do nothing. But I actually walked in the first few weeks. I walked up and down the halls. Um, whenever, well, whenever I did that, so whenever I went out of the door or what, yeah, yeah. I actually, because I was better at remembering whose room was where than actually what the name was. Yeah. So I would walk past the room and then look like at the, on the name tag on the door and be like, oh, oh yeah, this person, yeah. this is a Brenner. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just important to make sure that you put in the effort in the beginning to quickly like ramp up. Yeah, because it, it would be daunting at first, but then once you get past the initial stage, then you're then you're fine. Just got to like... Yeah, and then sometimes you can join in in the conversation yeah. and it makes you learn even more and it makes yeah. you feel more social and stuff like that. So definitely like don't be too afraid of it to join in in the beginning Yeah, because it's going to affect so many things. That's like the worst part. Once you get over that, you'll be chilling. Like I just, so embarrassed, I just embarrassed myself so much in the first month. Yeah. But then you break the ice if you say something wrong, and it's just funny. And then, well, I mean, it depends the group of people, but the group of people you ended up with, that was probably a good thing. So, so what would you reckon that's the most important part of a language to have on the control on an exchange? Because you have, you have your reading, you have your writing, you have your listening. I'd start with reading. Like when I lived in South America, I started with reading because I was like a little bookworm when I was little and so I'd read and watch like I used to just watch shows in Spanish so then I'd it's like it's kind of everything but I'd say probably reading and listening were the most important when I was trying to learn Spanish and just like watching not watching but I guess like listening to what other languages are I feel like it's easy to just like get used to because in listening you can hear a context of what people are talking about and then you can kind of figure it out yourself and then reading it's like easier because when you're reading, you don't have to try and listen and, and someone might be speaking really fast and then reading is just like you can figure it out word by word. I'd say sitting and listening would be the most important part of like learning a new language. Well, at least it's probably how I would do it. What would you say you did that was like the most? I think it's for my situation as of being an exchange, right? Except for doing the readings of my academics, right? Uh, like writing essays and stuff yeah. and reading stuff like that. I, I definitely don't read my... I don't do that like that much. I end up like for my personal experience being here, it's way more about the people. And when I'm with the people, I won't be reading. I will be listening and talking, usually riding up and down contact with you. I'm, yeah. 
it would have been like once and also it's easier to drop out the writing at it, yeah, which was yeah. just like, yeah. you know, a thing I think I ended up doing uh, voluntarily. But it's not being able to socialize because you yeah. aren't managing the language would be yeah. just would affect the experience way more as far as it goes for like a social experience. Not being able to read or write in the language would be very difficult as well academically. Yeah. yeah, if you're studying uni or going to uni in a different country and you don't know how to read or write, that's you're screwed from the beginning. But <laughs> you know, that would be quite a bit of an issue. Yeah. So you went to South America. You went to Chile? Chile, yeah. Chile, oh yeah. What did you, like what tools or things did you use to to learn mostly well my dad was actually talking about this the other day he was like oh you used to watch spongebob in spanish like i would just sit like every dad get home from school and watch spongebob in spanish my dad was like oh we'd just like watch you like watch spongebob in spanish and then because i picked up spanish a lot faster than what my sister did and she's they kind of were like oh they expected her to learn faster because she was a bit older and she was in a different grade at school obviously a year older than me um but they said that I was I was the iPad kid I watched Spongebob and watched all those kind of shows and they said my dad and my mum were like I reckon that you picked up the language a lot faster because you watched tv and so I feel like which as like dumb as it sounds watching tv in Spanish but like apparently it worked for me and then all my friends spoke Spanish. As as I changed my answer from reading, I changed it to listening. I feel like listening is a lot like I don't know what and watching shows because I probably would have seen a lot of the SpongeBob episodes in English, and then I would have watched the Spanish ones and then been like, oh, like I know the context, so then you can kind of put each like translation or whatever. So that's what I did, but I don't know how effective that is at eighteen because I was like five and six years old. But I mean, that was pretty impressive for a five year old. <laughs> have you have you noticed like? certain things that allowed you to communicate better with international students specifically, in this case probably me or some of the exchange students from last semester? Did you use something specifically for trying to make contact with? Um, Well, I'm a very open person. Like, I'll talk to anyone about anything. I feel like that helps in making other people feel more comfortable is if you come across more forward. I mean, some people might be scared of that, but, I mean, I'm quite open and forward, so I feel like that's, like, that would make other people feel quite, like, comfortable around me. Not to, like, toot my own horn or anything, but <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, like, and I just, like, talk all the time about anything and everything. So then it would be, like, they can just, like, listen to me. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what I would do. What would you say I did then that would, like, that helped you? Like me, myself, I wouldn't really know something specific like yeah, that. Yeah. A, a thing that helped was being corrected, like, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I don't know, um, like, literally in your last sentence... Uh, context can be quite important because yeah, yeah. the expression of touch your own horn, touch your own horn, I get it based on the context of dress. Yeah, like flatter myself. Don't yeah. want to talk too highly about myself. Mm-hmm. Did you get that just from context? See, look at us. We're so good. <laughs> yes, I'm learning. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it like, it's a bit funny, right? Because I learn English and I use English at home, mostly we're like in uni, but then everybody, like most of the people I'm speaking English with are actually Dutch people speaking English. Yes, so then all these kind of sayings and kind of stuff, they are like literally translated Dutch Directly sayings from, yeah, from yeah. Dutch to English. Yeah. Like nobody who actually speaks English would use them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep track of the context. And I don't know, if you don't know, ask for like yeah. whatever is going on or at least the context. Um, I ended up Googling a lot, just trying to explain over like a certain item or couldn't find the word for lobster quite a while ago. What? And I was like trying to like describe it like... Uh, just like a quick translation of the word or even if you it's like more of a concept and you don't even know what it is just 
get an yeah. image of it or whatever to figure it out. And yeah. um, I feel like most people are actually quite willing to, uh, yeah, like take the detour of finding. That's what Jared's good at. Jared's always like trying to figure it out. I feel like he likes the little game of trying to figure out what you're trying to say. Yeah, but Jared just likes figuring stuff out. Yeah, yeah he likes to be <laughs> smart. Yeah. What um group activities and stuff would you say that like helped? Like anything like playing sport or like, I don't know how sporty you are, but <laughs> very athletic. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not the most sporty one. But <laughs> Maybe your drinking is your sport? Uh, only like four days a week, what I'm used to, right? I mean, uh, no, but um, in some way, drinking might actually help. Sport. Of course, to a certain extent, because when I get really drunk, like my pronunciation is not getting any better. But yeah, yeah. Um, just having a few drinks... I feel like it's not the actual drinking, it's the thing of everyone drinking together, like, and all sitting down and... Any activity together will help you, yeah. like, form a bond and feel more comfortable. Yeah. But especially with drinking, if you have, like, one or two beers, you usually feel a bit more comfortable because it yeah, is... Yeah. You do feel kind of stupid when you're trying to say yeah. something in a language. You just... When you drink alcohol, you, people just tend to be more confident. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's just like... Drunk people confess love and drunk people yeah, yeah. Do, like a lo- <laughs> do like a lot of stuff that they might normally not do because they just have a little bit of more courage. So like, yeah, you know, yeah. alcohol is liquid courage. I don't know if that's something, stuff like that could help. And, and otherwise, it's, whenever you're having a party and you're, you're being together and you're drinking alcohol, you're also talking a lot. If I'm doing sports, which also are a lot of fun, I might end up talking way less. Yeah. But then again, doing simple sports, having a little walk also end up getting you like talking because you're like not, yeah. I don't know, I feel like you don't really have to think about anything so your mind can just yeah, yeah. Um, be used for, for communication and translation. Yeah. What's the like biggest culture shock that you've had to like, like and how did you kind of try and adapt to how we are here? I feel like it's a very different breed of people here. It is kind of interesting because I've like I I pretty much went to the other side of the planet that I furthest away I can possibly go. I am privileged. I'm aware of that. Yeah. It's just so many things are like oddly familiar still. Yeah. And and that's of course because you know it, you, it might be the furthest thing away, but just cultural and just the lifestyle is still quite similar. Both Western countries, both. Yeah heavily Americanized there's the subtle distances right there's car dependency here right you need a yeah. car to do it, like stuff like that but I had to take a bike or a train that's so sick and some buses that. but like you know like buses almost become less used because people actually bike instead of using the bus so cool. but it's it's those little things that are like small differences but um, something for me that was a bit hard to adapt to which you might laugh about is just getting used to drinking on Friday and maybe on Saturday or on Saturday maybe on Friday instead of drinking on Monday Wednesday Thursday and Saturday or something like that you guys have a, like a, a more early lifestyle in general yeah I feel like a lot of people here are quite used to going to bed like 9 30 yeah. 10 yeah. and getting up at like 6 I know that I'm already like on a quite late schedule back home because I think most people back home will end up going to bed at like 12, wake up at 8. And I think on average back home, I would, yeah, I would also get eight hours of sleep, but I would go to bed at like on on a non-going out day at like two-ish and then wake up at like 10, right? But then, you know, maybe two, three days in a week, have a party, go out for one occasion, whatever, and I'll end up going to bed like six, (laughs) wake up at 12. (laughs) Um, and, and and that's something I need to get used to next to the, the whole time that like jet lag kind of thing going on yeah. there as well, of course. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's more of a morning morning type type of yeah. place here and I'll be asleep. 
to some extent in my defense. Some of the times it's actually because I've been communicating back home in the evening before. Yeah, yeah. Which I cannot I cannot start communicating before like like usually like nine yeah, PM at the earliest. Yeah. And then it's also dependent if people have a job or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because of time difference. So it's a bit of a, a puzzle. Oh. But I definitely sleep in more than you guys do. Yeah. Um compensate that in the evenings, I think. Because I feel like a lot of you guys go like to the gym in the morning. Yeah. And then yeah. I'll end up sleeping in the morning, but then doing more study work late at night or uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's acceptable. And I, I, I don't think I've been very culturally insensitive. Uh, I try not to be. There's probably some things that are weird. Um, there's a thing with sitting on tables here, I believe. But overall, it's it's been a pleasure. And even just being around and the culture, it's it's been a good thing. And yeah, I, I think that's made me more, more worldly. me. And also, like I specifically chose for a place that wouldn't be far off culturally. Yeah. Because I think I would have a really hard time just jumping in there for half a year. But I do feel like I've built up the confidence to uh, do it in the future, to go to a more culturally different place. Yeah, you know, I might go like a little year in Indonesia or whatever. Damn. Um, I mean, it happens. Pop culture, stuff like that. I'm, I'm missing that like all the time. All the references to yeah. certain artists and, and childhood stuff. Like we had a discussion yeah. about movies today. I'm like, what childhood movies did you watch? And most of mine were in Dutch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, a discussion earlier this week. Oh. Donald Duck and Squidward, which yeah, is yeah. Octo. In, oh. <laughs> um, in my head, it feels his vibe, which make it harder to understand people because they'll yeah. start using local translations of names or yeah. places or whatever, and it just doesn't work well with yeah. with the language. Have you noticed other people like progressing, like, better understanding culture, language? I'd say, I feel like you've gotten used to like, everyone's different like humors and all that. I feel like everyone in... On our floor, at least, is very, like, mean at first. Did you take it badly? Like It took a while, definitely for some people. Yeah. Um, I had some struggle with, it's not even, like, language-based, but Demi, she used to pull these faces a lot. Like, these random faces when I walked by, and some of them were, like, quite angry-ish. Yeah, but that's just, like, how she is. And that's just, yeah, like, but I didn't know, and I just thought that she was angry at me for doing something. I was yeah, like, yeah. what did I do? And then, like, everyone flipping each other off. I feel like, did that catch you off guard at all? I, th- I feel like that's something if I would do it at home, people would take it as a way oh, more, like, it would be way more offensive. And oh, it's like a literal, like, so you take it well now because that's what I do like all the time. So I'd say you've improved with all that kind of stuff. There's not really any instance where I feel like at first I was a little bit more. I feel like I've had, had like maybe two or three moments where I actually like fell, fell, fell offended. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I suppose with everyone, you get to know their personalities, whether they speak English or not. So then that's probably just. It's not always just language, but then that probably adds on to it. Like it's language and just people, and apparently a cultural, because apparently everybody here is fine with flipping each other off. Yeah, yeah. But if I would start doing it at home, I would. It's a bad thing, but we we curse a lot with diseases back home. Oh, I kind of do that. I get a lot of hate for that though, so that's probably yeah. Very <laughs> but like it's it's quite happens. normal back home that we use random diseases. That's been a bad habit of mine recently, actually. But is that like normalized and? Yeah, it's quite like most of them quite that's normalized. Terrible. <laughs> um, like, like some of them are still off, like like all off limits. Usually yeah. stuff like cancer or something. Yeah. Uh, but definitely diseases that aren't that common anymore back in the region where I live, like polio and typhus and right. stuff like that. You they just, like, just throw it around. They're getting thrown <laughs> around sometimes. Um, I guess I guess that's you know cultural differences. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> okay, so next sem, right next semester over the summer. Okay, you won't be li- living in halls, but whatever. You're sitting in your classes, and this new exchange student comes in into the class or into your world in some way, uh. right? <laughs> 
Like, what kind of advice would you give that person, like, in the beginning? Like, hey... I'd say New Zealanders are very nice. So if you approach anyone, there'd be a slight chance that they would be mean. I feel like most people would be very welcoming here. I think approaching someone and just saying, hey, my name is whatever. Like, I don't have any friends because I'm from a different country. Can I sit with you? Like, I feel like literally just getting over the initial, like, oh, my God, I've got no friends. Like, you're not going to make friends if you don't speak to anyone. So... I'd say just, like, approaching people, just, like, having no shame because I feel like there's probably one in every hundred people here that would probably be rude about it. Everyone's very nice and willing to make friends here, so I'd say approaching people and just, like, asking questions, saying, like, oh, like, what are you studying? Like, how old are you? Like, just, like, getting to know them and then they'll feel like you want to be friends and then just being very confident, I'd say, would be a key part to that. I feel like just understand that with time you'll build relationships with people it's not going to be instantly you just got to have patience and you might not get along with everyone but you just got to find your people and then you'll be fine it's very tempting to just be friends with other internationals when you're just coming especially stuff uh, as an exchange because you just have a you have a different plan right the people for example in New Zealand the Kiwis right they are here studying mm. the, like living here yeah. and you're more or less on a bit of a vacation yeah. you want to see stuff and do stuff but I think especially for overcoming stuff like language barriers and actually improving your English for example it's might be way more beneficial to also make sure to put in the efforts to be around more local people yeah the exchange students we had last semester on our floor well that was just the people that we got they very much stuck to the other international students so then we found it hard to like be friends with them because they stuck to their group of international students so then they because we had there was a lot of french exchange students last sem and they all kind of stuck together in their group so then it was like we didn't really know how to make friends with them because then they also all spoke French to each other and we obviously don't speak French. So (laughs) I agree. I think trying to make friends with people, even if it's not New Zealand, you know, whatever country you go to, make friends with the people that live there because then you're making the most of your exchange and actually immersing yourself, you know. Getting a little picture of the local life. Yeah, yeah. Because you're a tourist and a tourist life is, I mean, you kind of are a tourist. Oh, it's very different being a tourist and then actually living in a country. Like, that's yeah. like, and if you don't, like, make the most of what's actually here, then you're not really having that full experience. If you're just friends with people from where you're from, you might not feel like you've enjoyed as much as, much as you probably could have, you know? Yeah, just put the effort to actually see locals and yeah. and, and, and be around while also maintaining your contacts with the internationals. Cause yeah. Those are the people you probably end up going all over the place with yeah, and doing yeah. all the trips. I mean, locals, of course, also want to go and see some stuff. Yeah. But they're also living, so they're... It's a bit of a different lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think embrace just, like, being here. Yeah. Not like... Um, I think embrace just, like, being here. Yeah. Not, like... Not embrace, like... I mean, you can do that, too. But, like, I don't know. I feel like embracing what's here, not about where you're going to go, is quite, like important because a lot of people could probably be like oh my god I'm going to Australia next week but like won't enjoy being here at the time because there's like oh I'm going home in a month like you might not actually feel like you're experiencing it fully because you're just like excited for what's happening and not actually like living you're you're not mentally in the place where you actually are yeah yeah do you think certain people could take some like steps before going somewhere in order to make their experience there better? 
well, learning a bit of the basic, I mean, I mean, if it's a different language, learning a bit of the basics of the different language. Um, and maybe, like, not practice, but, like, maybe try and approach, like, different people that you speak the same language with and do that with people that you're already kind of more similar to so that you kind of have an idea of, like, what it's like to introduce yourself to new people or, like, random people. So then when you get here or wherever you go, you can just, like, you're like, oh, I've done this before. Like, this is easy, you know, like, I did this at home, like, you know. So then you don't have to focus on the actual, like, that's the new thing. The new thing is, like, speaking the language, being in a new country. Like, you just, like, take another thing off your mind just to, like, you know, just try and experience things maybe before so that you're like in practice I don't know <laughs> I would say especially I think for um going to a country where you barely know the language at all like not even a like a theoretical yeah. standpoint um embrace Duolingo yeah love Duolingo um it's something I usually do when I go on a vacation yeah um being from Europe like there's a different language about every 500 kilometers yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I definitely don't speak all of them, but going to Italy, just do a little bit of, of like, maybe like like a month for a three-week trip to Italy. And you just make sure that I, you know, I can say thank you, like, yeah. uh, and order at a restaurant and yeah. maybe ask for directions. But, you know, Google Maps is amazing these days. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> um, but stuff like that, just to, which which allow you to, when you're there, to actually like, like little kickstart a little bit of a conversation. Yeah. And then you'll learn way and way more from actually being there. Like, you don't, you don't have to try getting all the way, like, native-speaking language. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do that, there's if, no yeah, problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, if you want to, but it, <laughs> uh, it's probably more efficient to learn it when you're there. I don't know what... It might have, like, changed, but I used that to learn Spanish was my little Rosetta Stone. I don't know if that's still a thing, because that was ages ago. Um, I would just say that international students can engage more with local students and community. Like, in what way can they make sure they, they're part of the... Like, they, they integrate into the community? I feel like if you're willing to join in with like anything that people do, like I feel like even just going to like the supermarket with people, just like doing little things with people is very important. Like even when we all moved into halls, we were all complete strangers. We'd just go do like the most mundane tasks just to like, you know, build a little bit of a connection. Like we go to the supermarket, we go to the mall, like go on a walk, like just like random stuff to try and like you know, feel like you're actually already friends, but then you're, like, not. You're actually just, like, complete strangers. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like, I mean, if you're into, like, sports, whatever, maybe join, like, a social sports team so that you're not into, like, the competitive side. It's just about, like, the actual sport and the team or whatever. I mean, I don't play sport currently, but, I mean, I, I maybe would if I went to another country, but just for another circle of people to do and learn about. Okay, mm-hmm. if we're... Considering like three main key points to, uh, of advice for you can do this. For me, I would I would say like three main bullet points of advice for people going somewhere that like going to a culture and a language that are not fully used to. It's just get active. Yeah. Like be pro proactive at undertaking action, seeing people, talking to people. I mean, we all know it can be awkward and it can yeah. be kind of scary to start start up with it, but. But that's life. Just gonna deal with it. Just yeah, and it. honestly, I think all across the world, there's for every one bad apple, right? There's a hundred yeah, good ones. Exactly. Take take that initiative. Maybe learn some of the basics while you're yeah. still at home, just yeah. to get your stuff kickstarted when you're there. So have a little bit of less thing to think about, yeah. make your life a little bit easier. Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Just 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 go there. Maybe maybe undertake it, an activity that you would normally think like ah, I don't think I'll, I'll enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, but just. 
go for it and take take the opportunity to to do something random you know it's yeah. It's it's a new place, especially for exchange students. You can do whatever you want. You're going to be gone in half a year anyway. <laughs> like, I embarrass myself for the rest of my life. But, you know, there's not that many people that I'll probably see again. But make sure that you build those contacts and you use the people around you to to improve on your on your cultural view and on your understanding of language. I'd say my three key points would be, I'd say confidence. You pretend like you know what you're doing, then you might actually seem like you know what you're doing. And then people will be like, oh my God, they're so smart. They know everything. I feel like confidence can pretend, fake anything, and you'll make it seem like you know what you're doing. I'd say, honestly, I'd say really, from my experience, would be like, with like lang- learning a language, watch a show that you've already watched in your language and then watch it in the language you're trying to learn. So then you've kind of got context of trying to piece together what words mean and what they are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, well, that's what I did when I was five. I'd say... I'd probably say take risks as well. I'm going to copy you with that one. I'd say just take a risk, just do out of your comfort zone, whatever you want to do. Because, like, at the end of the day, you only live once. <laughs> to be inspirational like that. <laughs> yeah, if I had to, to summarize my experience of going abroad and getting used to culture and language, it, it's hard, especially in the beginning. And no matter how much you think you know about language, it's still going to be hard and there's going to be misunderstandings and whatever. And um, don't let that isolate you from whatever's going on. You know, just stick around. You'll learn it. You'll get there. For me, a real milestone was beginning to dream and think in English. Yeah. Um, Which might not come for everyone um, in the same time scale, but just make sure that you don't step away from the social life and the activities because of the language, because those are actually the things that will improve your language the most yeah and i think that's pretty much concludes it for the third episode of yeah. tongue tight yeah um, my, my tongue does. needs some rest right now yeah <laughs> um well i want to thank amy for being here once again thanks for all your lovely local kiwi insights and yeah. your lovely corrections on my weird language sometimes um thank you for having me hope you learned something at least a little bit of insight from me because i'm just super inspirational um <laughs> And I'll, I'll definitely hope that um, you guys, our listeners, whenever you decide, for what reason ever, if you guys go somewhere where you're not used to being, especially for a longer time, and you want to interact with the locals, you're not just there to see some, some highlights, some buildings, some purely touristic stuff, engage. And I hope we have given you guys some insight on how to make the best use of the time you have. Thank you. <laughs>
Also, I would highly welcome any stories and insights you would like to share with us. And I hope the world hears your voice before we meet again.